0: All right, folks, I want to talk about attachment. So, Jesus Christ was, uh, he ran into a rich man. He ran into a rich man and the rich man's like, I do all this good stuff and I'm real good. And he's like, yeah, you're good, man. You got it going on if you really want to be good, sell everything you got and give it to the poor. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I just can't do it, Chris. So he went back to being rich and didn't follow Jesus. And uh, a lot of times that, um, that is uh, interpreted as like a critique on wealth. And Yeah, boy, there are some challenges when it comes to, you know, becoming wealthy. Just like there's challenges to being broke or everything else in the world. Uh, And so you really got to watch out for stuff. But uh, I really think this is more on just attachment itself than what it is you're attached to. So there's definitely some challenges with money, right? Because it gives people a false sense of, well, you know, right? I could go on and on about all that, but I'm not really going to. I want to talk more about being attached. So money is the most uh, obvious thing and probably the most, pr- you're probably the most prone to be attached to money because it does give you a lot of utility uh, in on this planet, right? We're an economic planet. It's just, it's the great equalizer, you know, it's easier to quantify, And, uh, so you can get a bunch of it and feel secure. And so that's the easiest thing to be, to get attached to. But there's, uh, I think that's what he was saying. Like, if you're attached to anything, you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, I think we missed that, that, that memo and think, well, I'm not rich. So I'm, I'm good. Like, well, you're attached to your poverty. Then my God, people. You're attached to your cell phone or your, your playoff season or whatever it is, you know? And, uh, it's the, it's the issue, man. It's the issue. This has been years now. It's been like stewing. I, I actually quasi preached a message on it, um, a while back. Cause I really think it's an, a profound idea and it's just so powerful. And I, uh, it God is talking to me about this through everything you know you see it everywhere and I think it really is so there's a uh, software that I build out my uh, my graphics on it's called Canva whatever so when you build out a graphic like if you want a background image kind of have a theme of that particular graphic. Anyway, you put it on there, and then uh, you can make it as a background. And then you build everything else on it, and then that's like, you know, that's that's the background of the whole image or document or whatever. And... Uh, I kind of look at that as like our subconscious operating system, you know, that which everything else is founded upon. And I think we reached like the end of an era in life and it's time to go on to the next era and a completely different paradigm, right? You know, uh, set of beliefs. So paradigm, I guess, let's define that as like a, a set of beliefs, set of unconscious beliefs that we have that are, that, that dictate our behavior, right? It's a, it's the underlying operating system and we, and it's unconscious. We don't really realize it. You know, it's the things that we do without realizing we do it. And then it therefore gives us the result of our life. And, up. so that's the same thing as like the background image on this software. And, you know, there's a lot of value to be gleaned from certain paradigms, you know, but if you really want to do what God's called you to do, there comes a time where you've got to completely dismantle your current paradigm. So you can go to the next paradigm, like... It's just a higher level of consciousness, a, a different way of doing things, a different a different life altogether. And human beings uh, very much so resist change. As much as you hate the present, the current state of your life, it's like, it's almost impossible. Cause like, statistically speaking, it's like less than 1% of people actually change. Now I'm very blessed. I do have a track record of change. Uh, you, you know, a real obvious one is like being a drug addict. Okay. Like that is a paradigm that is a complete subconscious operating system where that is what you do. And, uh, and it, it, it yeah it completely consumes everything about you so to completely break out of that paradigm is pretty remarkable it really is statistically speaking most people don't ever do it and uh I did a long long time ago and thank god and uh it really was it was a it was a supernatural experience god god did it you know that's a tough one, you know, you you don't want to leave God out of it, but also you don't want to be like, well, God did it for you, but not me, and it's like, no, no, I did it too, you know, it's, you just, you got to make the decision, but ultimately, everything is God, so God did it, right, but here I am, like, ten years later, and I don't know what happened? Well, I do, I guess. I don't know. But scarcity, right? So uh, you look at, like, people that are like, I'm in scarcity and poverty, so I need money. Because that is, right? It's a great equalizer. You know, back to the money thing again, right? You think, okay, I need money so I'm not, you know, so I can pay my bills and I don't have this, you know, overwhelming stress and all that. And But here's the thing. Scarcity and poverty, that's not a dollar amount. It's not, it's not, whether it's $1 or a billion dollars, it's not what it is. It's not a dollar amount. It's a paradigm. It's a mentality. It's a mindset. It's an evil spirit. Call it what you want. Cause look at like, for real, look it up. What is it? 87% of, uh, retired NFL players, like, uh, they filed bankruptcy. Because a lot of those people come from the hood. And they come out of the hood, but the hood never comes out of them. You know, they never switch their paradigm. So when they retire, they have no concept, you know, whatever. They're just, they're constantly like a magnet, pulled back to that. And, uh, and people that come up real quick... They're completely like their, their subconscious operating system is poverty and scarcity. And then they win like the lottery and stuff. They end up like killing themselves because it's like, it's just too much of an adjustment. Like they can't live. It's too much internal contradiction. Right. So scarcity and poverty is, uh, it really doesn't have anything to do with the dollar amount. You can't. You can't buy someone off. You Yeah, right. You can't pay the devil off, right? You don't negotiate with the enemy. You can't just like, oh. And that's why when bums come and ask for money, it's like you're really not doing them any favors by giving them money. Now, uh, it's not that I've never given a bum money either because I have and I will again, you know, kind of play it case by case. But you want to be careful with that because uh, the Bible says not to be a partaker in, in another man's sin. So if you think they're going to take the money and go sin with it, it's like you're kind of cursing yourself, you know. So, you know, and buying them food. God, I'm just going all over the place now. This is funny though. Uh, so we have a second mile ministry. We go pick up it's where we go pick up the homeless people, bring them to church and uh stuff like that. And one of the, you you meet some the coolest people you've ever met. It's so cool. Well, anyway, the one guy, he had never been on the street before. But he got out of jail, and he's from Kansas, and he ain't got nothing. So he's on the street, and he's like, well, no wonder people stay on the street. They do not go hungry. And you think they're so hungry. <laughs> but no, people are always going to beat them. Now, I don't know if it's like that in every city, but yeah. But anyway, buy them food rather than give them money. I would I would say, if if at all possible, do that. But anyway... It doesn't matter how much money you give somebody that has an internal operating paradigm of poverty and scarcity. It doesn't matter. So anyway, I, uh, I, uh, so what's on my mind is like the whole detach thing. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh. That is where I am at. Like, it's that. It's the poverty and it's the scarcity. And it's like, how long am I going to deal with this? Because, you know, I could talk about how it came. I guess I will. I've probably done it before. I just didn't. I didn't adhere to that at all. Like, I was a little kid and that was. I grew up in it. Like, I grew up in poverty and scarcity. And we had millions of dollars worth of net worth. You know, uh, the farm. I drove very expensive equipment like everything i touched was worth a lot of money you know it's like it a big farm you know all the tractors and all the the milk and equipment i mean we had a big parlor system it was state of the art when we got it you know millions of dollars worth of stuff we're on hydroelectric power plant but yeah so technically the net worth was high but there was constant scarcity like oh we don't have enough bills to pay this and that But right? you know and i got uh And, you know, it's probably good for me, to be honest, in the short term. I got, like, blamed for not having money. You know, it's kind of whatever. Less than ideal uh, childhood, I most would say. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, as a young, young child getting uh, screamed at because there's not enough money, like, I didn't even grasp the concept of money when I was that young. But anyway, it kind of taught me, I think, like, yeah, I'm not going to have that problem like that's miserable. So like I didn't know how to not have it, but as soon as I started getting money, like I just saved it, you know. I saved it and saved it and saved it. And I was so proud of the money I had. Uh so proud that like probably once a month I'd get it all out and I'd like look at it and play with it and like, "Oh, that's awesome. I had I don't know, 3-4 grand. I'm 16, I think, and uh, the where I had it hid was behind the breaker box in my bedroom, in my own house, because I had my own house when I was a kid. I lived alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you'd say, like yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of weird, but it was pretty awesome. But it, but I didn't. I had all the freedom in the world. But I, uh, not really, because I had to work 12, 16 hours a day, seven days a week, before and after school, right? But uh anyway, we had our own hydroelectric power plant and. The power went out, and I didn't. That's the one thing I didn't know about. I didn't know about the power. I didn't really want to want to either, because I don't like getting shocked. So I had to ask my grandpa, to, like, "What's up? I don't have power." So he goes and looks at my breaker box, and behind my breaker box is where I have my money stashed. And he found it, and told me that I. Uh, he was proud of me, actually, that I could come up with money. That I actually had money and stuff like that. anyway, well, then he uh, decided to uh, dictate where that money was spent. And I didn't, I couldn't tell him no. That really sucked. But it wasn't even like, I'd never even crossed my mind to tell him no. Like, it just wasn't allowed, you know, you do what you're told. Anyway, so then he uh, spent all the money, more or less, and then never paid me again. So, that was a long, long time ago. And, and then I've been flat broke ever since. (laughs) And then, so now I study out like psychology and like the way things and what makes people do what they do. And like, if you, if you actually believe like that your money is going to be taken from you, then if it stands to reason, your best strategy is as soon as you get it, you better spend it all because if you don't spend it, someone else is going to spend it. So that's what I've done subconsciously, like for years, I didn't know about that, but you know, you do some soul searching and then you discover what it is, but now it's been a couple of years since I've realized that too. And it's like, just simply knowing why you're such a toxic person doesn't make you not toxic. Like you got actually got to change and it's been, uh, it's been, it's been tough because I hadn't been able to do it yet, you know? You know, and I think that the ticket, you know, as far as, uh, the drug thing, because Tony Robbins says, well, think of the last time you pulled something off that you didn't really think you could, you know, and I, so I stopped doing drugs. And so what's that? Well, I actually, uh, I changed the people I was hanging around. You know, a lot of wise people say you're the average of the five people you most hang around at period end of story. I mean, I don't care if it's their spiritual level, their physical, uh, Physique, you know, income—it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like you are the sum total. Like that's just the way it works. It's the law of averages. There's no way around it. So, and so you just stop hanging out with dope heads. Which that was a little bit of a process. It's not like okay, boom, I can just go hang out with people that don't do dope because it's like those people don't want to hang out with dope heads. And you can't just like oh, I'm not a dope head anymore, you know. So that's you know that's it is a little bit of a process now i was I was blessed, and I do think that's why you need a good you need a good church, and we do here at Eastgate, you know, to where like that's what you can offer people, like, yeah, you don't have to be a dope anymore. Stop hanging out with all those losers and just go to church all the time, and there's always something going on like literally yeah whatever my mind's wandering but it's like that we literally offer that you don't have to do that anymore because there's a whole new group of everything that like you can you can leave that life behind so anyway i don't know so i guess i gotta get around the right people collaborate rub shoulders with with the right people as far as like pulling out of that scarcity mindset i don't know like I think this is 10 times worse than quitting dope. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe I just hadn't really, really collaborated with people uh, that uh, that are wealthy. Yeah, and I think that's where shame comes in. Because it's like I don't, I'm ashamed of the fact that I don't have anything. But like when I talk to smart people though, my God, or rich people, it's like I'm way smarter than them. <laughs> I'm better looking too. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Well, I'm probably not. I was joking though. But anyway. But yeah, the shame of not having nothing kind of keeps you secluded, and that's probably my problem, my issue. So, thank God for this podcast. I'm uh, I'm fasting right now. So, and that's really what I'm fasting about is God let me detach. And so then here's another thing. So in the, in the, in the document on Canva, if it be, if it's the background image, you know, it, it is who you are, like what you've done for a long time, it's become who you are, but you can hit the right click button on the mouse and then hit detach. And then it minimizes. It's no longer attached to the document. It's in the document it's no longer attached to it so and that's kind of like and that's the really the thing with money right it's like let's talk about the bamboo the baboon baboon yeah i think i said that right the monkey right so how do you how do you catch a baboon (laughs) you you put like a little pvc pipe in the in the ground and then you like drop a piece of salt in there and then you hammer nails into it like diagonally so then the baboon will come and stick their hand down in there to grab the salt and then they want the salt so bad that they won't let go of the salt and then they're stuck there because they their hand makes a fist and they can't get it out and then then that's how you catch them dude and if that don't preach to you you're not listening That is, that's how it is with money or anything in life that we get attached to. It's like, do you have it or does it have you? Because if you think of the baboon, he can't even put the salt in his mouth because it's in the freaking hole. You know what I mean? It just, it's just got you. You know what I mean? So you've got to be willing to not have something before you can actually have it. And it's just, it's an attachment. And so you got to detach from it so whether that's money or you know money's a big one for that right because for that whole lesson but yeah so it the, the, and so i think about the the document and having the it be the background and then you know you detach it and now it's just part of the document now you can delete it too you know but it's like i don't think you want to delete it i think you want to own it because it gives you something that you can help other people with you know what i mean because the only reason we go through any hell because you know the bible says all things work together for the good right to them that are the called according to his purpose right them that love god right so you really got to love god and be called according to his purpose and be obedient and all that for that to actually be true but let's say you do and you still go through hell well why do you do it because the best feeling in the world is helping other people And if you've went through some calamities in life and then you meet someone else going through something similar and you can genuinely, genuinely empathize with them and speak some wisdom into their life where they can actually change. There's nothing better than that. Nothing. Of course, I've never been like super rich, but I'll tell you what, like that stuff, that just stuff just seems weird to me. Like, people that try to be cool because of their money and stuff. Like, that just seems dirty. Like, so I don't think that there's anything about that that's, like, so amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, and I've done some pretty cool stuff in life. But there's nothing better than genuinely helping somebody, like, overcome something that they, like, had no hope for. So that's where it comes from, right? So, like, you you want to detach your subconscious operating system, your paradigm right don't it's not your paradigm anymore it's not your operating system but it is an experience and it becomes now you have it and it doesn't have you right so that's that's what i'm praying about here as i fast is just the ability to detach detach from my path and i think it's unworthiness actually is cliche and pathetic as that sounds I'm like oh you're worthy you're pretty you're smart it's like oh freaking losers like God. But I think that's true, man. I think we feel like we're just not worthy. I I I I I don't know. Like as much as I hate to admit it, I think that it's like subconsciously you just don't think you're worthy. So you sabotage everything. But here's the deal. You gotta reason from first principles, not analogy. And if you look at my financial situation through analogy, it's extremely dismal. However, if you look at it through first principles, I just hit a a milestone yesterday. Uh, It's all about input, process, output, right? You put something in, it goes through a process, what comes out the other end, you know, and so if we talk about money, the best return you're ever going to get on your investment, I'm talking... Nowadays with crypto and NFTs, it's kind of hard to say that, but it's not, crypto and NFTs are just, it's too random. Like that, it's, it's, it's not, there's no foundation to that. Well, it's not that there's no foundation. The foundation is the blockchain and that's there here and it's, it's here to stay. But what I'm saying is it's not, it's too unpredictable. But the number one best return on your investment, you know, there's stocks, there's real estate, there's all this stuff and it's good and it's tried and true. But if you actually learn it and do it well, the best return on your investment is in t- anticipation high. The best return on your investment is advertising. It's ad spend. ROI, return on investment. Like how many dollars are you putting in and then how many dollars is it producing you? So say you spend a dollar to sell product in which you make two dollars profit when you sell it now you you literally have a money machine right now there's a lot of things to factor in you know how much you know do you really come out you put one dollar and you put two two back you know what i mean like you got a lot to think about you know there's shipping there's manufacturing there's this there's that but once you do the math it's just a simple equation right what do you get so and I know this, and I love the concept of it. Like I've taken in thousands of hours of you know, nuanced perspectives and strategies around uh, advertising, marketing, advertising, all that. But I've I've always had scared money, so I never spent any money on it. A little bit, and it was like, oh, it didn't go good. And I look back at what I did, is like, well, I didn't even do it right, not even close. And it, whatever. So I did it. I did it here lately. We ran an ad and it wasn't right. We adjusted it. And we adjusted it the wrong direction and it was worse. And then shut it off because it was just wrong. It was on the income and then well actually the first ad it did produce. Had like $300 $300 in and made $600 off it. So that is a two to one. That's awesome. But it was to the, it was to a bad audience and I was wasting time going and, you know, testing a lot of people there that just couldn't afford it. And so like that. So readjusted, it seemed pretty dismal. No deals were coming in or no leads were coming in. No leads were coming in. Well, leads started coming in and they're hard to, Pinned down to where you can actually go test the error. But it was 130 bucks and then 600 off of that. So that's not factoring in all the gas. But that's a really good return. So now I need that money to pay bills instead of like spend more on ad spend. But at the end of the day, I got a reason. So the thing is, I despise. I refuse. I refuse to reason from analogy. Like, actually, like, you got to, you know, oh, I'm not going to get into all that. Look it up. Analogy to first principles. But reasoning from first principles, most people don't do it. They don't. Like, they sit and have conversations based on their perspective, and they don't consider anyone else's. And that's probably the, the, one of the things about life that, you know, really irritate me. It's like, how do I even have a conversation with somebody? Like, everyone's so dumb. <laughs> you know, be, it's simply because of reasoning from analogy, from their perspective and not considering anyone else's. And, uh, But if you reason from first principles, it's like the 30,000-foot foot view. Like, okay, what's actually happening here? So even though my financial situation looks really dismal, if you look at first principles perspective and my ability to actually do what I do and the fact that I ran an ad and this happened and blah, 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 like things are great. Because the ROI on that's huge. So I have to, so that's the problem. So I guess that's the, that's why people that reason from analogy irk me so much. It's because my subconscious mind is critical of my own behavior. Because just because I verbally discuss things through a first principles perspective rather than analogy, my behavior has been that of analogy. So I realized that last night and I turned the ad back on. I can't really afford to pay for the ad, but it's like I kind of can't afford not to, right? <laughs> if it's giving me a six to one on my money, like whatever, max out the credit, do it, you know? You got to go keep them deals flowing, you know? So, because the ad, it's so funny, because the ad was scheduled to shut off exactly when I closed the deal. So it shut it off, but it's like, okay, now what? Uh, and it's like, well... And I need the money that's coming in. And it's going to be just enough for this and that. But it's like at the end of the day, like if it's actually working, I can't shut it off. So I turned it back on. So I'm proud of myself for that. You know, it's kind of scary because it's like it's constant drain of money. It's a small little drain, though. It's not much. But either way. But yeah, so I had to get on here and talk all around in circles. And I don't know. I really apologize to anyone that has to listen to this. I just had to document it uh, the way I was feeling. Because you got to document the journey. You got to document the journey. And yeah. All right. Peace out.